to Green Living Podcast. This week's guest is Agnes from Wasteless.at. I actually recorded my intro with Agnes, and so let's just jump into my conversation with her. Agnes is a blogger and sells zero-waste products on her Etsy shop and website. She sells reusable bags, cosmetic supplies, masks, soaps, household cleaning products, and so much more. On her Instagram, she shares DIY cleaning products, zero-waste swaps, and tips on living a more sustainable life. Hello, Agnes, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited for you to be here as well. So I wanted to ask you first off, when and how did your sustainable slash zero-waste journey start? Um, My New Year's... New Year's resolution in 2018 was that I uh, want to go zero waste by the end of that year. It's already three years now. Uh, I allowed myself a whole year because in 2017, I tried it once in the summer. And (laughs) after three days, I gave up because I wanted to do it um, just right away. I wanted to go zero waste right away, but for me it was not possible. I had no idea where to buy my groceries. I had no idea to where to buy or not buy anything, basically. So, um, yeah. So then I decided I will go step by step. And in 2018, I basically wrote a journal on my Instagram so every day I wrote down my little new steps towards sustainability well I didn't I wasn't completely zero waste by the end of the year I think it's not even possible I mean some people are pretty close to that or um, basically living zero waste for me it was never completely zero I would say there was always something left, either medication packaging or I have celiacs, so I have to buy gluten-free things, uh, like the flour I can never buy without packaging. In the meantime, I found those things also in paper sometimes or something which was uh, recyclable. But I think to be zero is a very, very high goal. But I, I had a really good progress and I'm very proud of myself. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And I think I totally agree about zero waste also in my mind is kind of a goal. It's never really a finish line, I guess. It's always just making conscious decisions. And I bet that is really hard if you do have to you know, buy specialty flour, if you have to buy it in packaging as well. Exactly how you said it. It's uh, better to keep it in mind as a goal, but uh, also to keep in mind that it's almost an unachievable goal. But this is what we are working towards. So our society, our environment uh, at the moment doesn't allow us to be completely uh, zero waste. And also it's important to mention that I don't live in a, a food desert. So there are uh, grocery shops at every corner. I can buy almost all my groceries except the specialty food, uh, zero waste. So I'm pretty spoiled in this way. But if if somebody lives in a place where it's not so easy, 
then just focus on the things which you can achieve and that's it <laughs> just do what you can yeah and i wanted to mention that you have an etsy shop and you also sell items online can you tell me more about that shop and kind of how it came about yeah sure it's a pretty minimalist shop so i don't sell a lot of items and there is a reason for that because <clears throat> i only wanted to sell the things which i thought was missing for me to to live zero waste or a, like a low waste uh, lifestyle so i think i started with produce bags and the washable uh, reusable face wipes or cotton rounds uh, and added i think now i have only 40 products but <laughs> i still don't wow, sell that's a lot <laughs> yeah but i still don't sell these very typical things like uh, reusable coffee mugs because almost everyone has it like I didn't have to buy any since um, I went to the zero waste journey or I don't know I don't I don't I cannot give you more examples what I don't sell so I just only sell those things which I would also buy for myself and I thought maybe it's a little bit special so I sell soaps for cleaning which is maybe sometimes more difficult to find or, um, you know, I don't remember. That's okay. Well, you, you, do you make masks right now as well? Well, yeah. Um, but now I don't know how is it in the U.S., but here in Austria now you can buy it in every shop, basically. So now I'm not really selling them anymore. But if somebody wants to order, I still have masks from organic cotton and 100% uh, compostable or biodegradable all of them and also from upcycled materials but mainly now I'm just uh, giving it to friends and family when they need it so <laughs> yeah I think that's really interesting like you said kind of you aren't selling mugs or you know a lot of people already have a lot of items in their household that they might not even realize that it is helping the planet and I think that's great that you are selling what you saw was missing in your lifestyle, like the reusable bags or the face cloths. And are you making the bags and the face cloths by hand? Well, with the sewing machine, but yes, by myself. Okay, yeah. <laughs> they are all handmade, <laughs> yes. And um, how has that helped kind of your sustainable journey, journey and like interacting with people? Has that helped a lot with your journey as well? That's a difficult question. I think it didn't help me that much with my journey, but I hope it helped others <laughs> with their journey. So, for example, sometimes people order one brush from me across the planet, mm -hmm. and I decided to still ship those items. But in my opinion, maybe now they were happy to find it somewhere, and they just ordered it and next time they will find it somewhere much closer to <laughs> themselves. And I think it's important that it's a, an easy start for them to start on the journey. And I hope that uh, sometimes when they order item, uh, or products from me, then they try it out and they have more confidence and then maybe next time they can, they, they have more trust. This was the same with me when uh, I tried a new product or I bought something for myself. Uh, like the bamboo toothbrushes or 
uh, when I tried to cleaning with baking soda the first time, I couldn't believe I haven't done it before because it's so easy. It was, and I had real anxiety to try the bamboo toothbrushes. I cannot explain why. It's now it seems totally nonsense, but but I was really afraid. (laughs) (laughs) I tried it and then I never looked back. I thought this is much better than the toothbrushes I had before. (laughs) So. Yeah, so it's interesting. So I hope it also helps others. Yeah, and it sounds like from that example, even if someone bought one brush, which, yeah, isn't great if it's shipping halfway across the world, but it sounds like that then would help them, inspire them to, yeah, look locally to buy it or try something DIY themselves or something. Yeah, hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) And I saw, so on your website, you also have your shop and then you have a blog. And I saw that you posted about zero waste stores and you're living, I guess I should say you're living in Vienna right now. And I was wondering uh, how has living in Vienna been for you for finding sustainable and zero waste, zero waste stores or just in general? I must say Vienna is amazing in this, in this case. Uh, it's super easy to leave zero waste or uh, low waste because there are a lot of farmers market at the weekends. So almost every district has a farmers market where um, so real farmers coming from countryside selling uh, they they produce there. And Austria is quite a small country, so it's local basically. This is one thing. So getting veggies fruits it's no problem whatsoever also the shops are putting a lot of effort into it because austria in general is a very sustainable minded country so this was always very positive for me Uh, i'm hungarian and um, when i moved here i immediately saw the difference so in general people really care about the environment about recycling too about taking their own bags to the shop. So this was nothing, so this wasn't anything new. I stayed for a short while for three months in the US and there actually what is very, very nice, they bag your groceries for you uh, and then you automatically get uh, the plastic bags. So you have to extra say, no, I don't want it. So it's like an extra conversation. Here, they don't bag uh, the groceries for you, <laughs> which is, well, not so nice. <laughs> but then you immediately take your own bag and then you just put it for yourself into your bag. I don't know, for me, in general, the food was the biggest question because I think if you try to live a little bit more sustainable, then this is the first thing which uh, produces the most amount of uh, waste. And then you try to maybe buy less for, from everything else. And buying secondhand in Austria, especially in Vienna, is very easy. At that time when I started, before Corona, <laughs> before the pandemic, uh, there was a lot of clothes swap parties, secondhand fairs, uh, huge, huge uh, secondhand markets. That's the other thing. There are flea markets also every weekend in Vienna. So, I mean, if you really want to do it, it's, it's very easy in Vienna. So I'm really spoiled again. 
um, it was not that difficult for me to go low waste or zero waste. I really want to visit now <laughs> more than I did before. <laughs> yeah, and I like the idea. Yeah, that a lot of farmers from the countryside or just from outside the city are coming in for those farmers markets. Is there a place that you found? Maybe Vienna. Is it is that was kind of the easiest for sustainable or zero waste? I know you just started in 2018, but has there been a place that has been more, or do you think Vienna has been the easiest for that? Well, afterwards, after I started my journey, afterwards when I traveled, it wasn't that difficult because then when I traveled to another city, uh, I, I knew immediately where to go. So then I went to the market to look for groceries or I brought with myself when, when I didn't forget for traveling the <laughs> produce bags too. So then usually in the grocery shops around Europe, you can always find unpackaged plastic-free vegetables, maybe not everything, but yeah, so when I was traveling, I probably only bought food. <laughs> I don't know. So I only stayed for longer in the US, actually in New York City. That's also a very big city, so maybe that's, that's also a little bit of a cheat, but there you could also find things very easily um, packaging free. Mm. I also traveled uh, Hungary countryside. <laughs> to be honest, I could find always almost everything which I needed on the travels. But in general, I think it's good if you look for the farmer's markets. In Europe, in every big city, there is one because traditionally there, there would be in every big city, a big, big farmer's market, which is usually open every day a week but the biggest oh. uh, farmer's market is on the, at the weekend. When you travel, this is very easy and it's actually always uh, something to see in the big cities because these are, then you can buy the specialty food there, the local food, and it's very nice. I just, Barcelona just comes back to my mind uh, because <laughs> that I really love to go to the farmer's market. I remember all the uh, very delicious food and uh, vegetables and fruits which we bought there. Or I remember in London, we also had a, basically a brunch on the market. And both were like really good memories. We went with friends and then we just sampled the food. <laughs> we bought a little bit from everything and it was really cool. <laughs> I love I love all that and I love like what you said like you just sampled the food and then yeah had brunch with friends and I think what's great too about farmers markets is that you get to talk with the person that made it you know or someone who is selling it that knows the person that made it and I think it's great because they know how they made it they know everything you know their suppliers and the process how they made it and I think that's great to have that personal connection with the farmer or whoever is creating the item that you're making too. That's so true. Uh, in Vienna, uh, we always go back to the same farmer's market and, and now I know so much about where our food is coming from. And I learned so much, so many things about how and why they are selling it. For example, the eggs which we buy, they are org organic and free-range eggs, but they are huge. <laughs> Seriously, they look much bigger than normal eggs and then once we asked like how come this is so big or how come you sell only big eggs or what's going <laughs> on 
So they told us that because this is what the supermarkets don't buy from the farmers because they oversized for the boxes. And this is waste, this is food waste. So basically they, the farmers sell the oversized that it's at the market and everybody's happy. I'm super happy because I get huge eggs for very cheap and they are uh -huh. all organic and free range from a farm. And um, they would be food waste otherwise. So I cannot even feel bad <laughs> anyhow about it. Yeah, and then it's good for them because they don't have to throw it away. So you can really learn a lot about how food is produced but also about the vegetables we talk with the farmers and the other thing we discovered so many new food so many new plants to eat there is another example it's called in english common porcelain i don't know how to pronounce it exactly okay. <laughs> it's like a weed and they were selling it and I asked like, what do you do with it? And then they said, uh, well, you can eat it in a salad. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's very funny because the leaves taste like salad and the stem tastes like uh, lemon. Very delicious. Apparently it's even like a super food. Wow. And you would never find it in the supermarket because it's a weed. But it's very good. It's very healthy. You can eat it. And that's the only place I know I can buy it. And there were so many other uh, things which we learned and it's so good to talk to them because then they help you how to prepare it, they give you tips how to cook it, what to do with it, what dish, um, everything. <laughs> it's very nice. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I haven't heard of that weed before, but yeah, you never would have known about it otherwise. I think it depends on where, where do you live too. I don't know if it grows where you live. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> sure. And yeah, like you said, if you're going to farmer's markets, let's say all over the world, you know, they offer so many different things because it's all different. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. So I want to change gears a little bit and talk about your Instagram and you share a lot of tips about, you know, sustainable living, zero waste living, some swaps. I see you do a lot of a lot of recipes on there for cleaning products or whatnot. I was wondering, in your journey, have there been any uh, tips or tricks or swaps that have been your favorite? Well, the baking soda, <laughs> as I mentioned, like it blew my mind. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, I didn't know that you can clean with it. And I love it because especially for my oven before that I was cleaning it with very strong chemicals which I obviously I tried to wash it out afterwards but my oven always stinked when I baked something afterwards and I always thought oh this cannot be healthy <laughs> and then when I learned that you can uh, clean caked on food or like very burned on oil with baking soda water and just that's basically enough, but you can add a few drops of essential oils. This, this is like cleans much, so much better than any other cleaning solution I ever knew. And basically you can eat that because it's baking soda. So it, it, it won't be toxic for you if you bake in the oven afterwards. <laughs> so I really love that. But every other swaps, basically what we use for cleaning is uh, only vinegar, dish soap, and alcohol so we buy some cheap vodka and that's it so sometimes we also mix it with salt which is also helps you to uh, clean better because of the grains inside 
So it's really cool. Basically, I don't need to use anything else. I think uh, for if you need even stronger cleaning, then you can use citric acid in some of the recipes. There is citric acid, but basically that's also the citric acid which other people put into food. So that's that's also not toxic. I mean, we don't eat <laughs> eat it. We clean it, and then. Yeah, you should not eat probably citric acid just like that. <laughs> no, <laughs> but, but so you're it, right. <laughs> yeah, so it's not toxic to clean with it. And it's really, really amazing. So I was really happy to get rid of all those toxins and also of all, all those chemicals. Actually, I suspect that most of the cleaning solution doesn't have too much more other chemicals inside than these things. But I have no idea because they always... <laughs> put on so whimsical names <laughs> that it's difficult <laughs> to find out but there is a mosquito re- repellent recipe too on my website and actually I found out that the grocery uh, the drugstore sells the same for babies so it's just basically water and a few drops of uh, lavender essential oil and that's it. And it's great for against mosquitoes. It's super inexpensive to make it at home. And <laughs> or you can buy the, the packaged one with plastic or much more expensive in the drugstore. I think, like you said about the mosquito repellent, it's so simple. And it's kind of like the baking soda, you know, it's just in your cupboard and you didn't know how many uses or anything to do with it yeah I've been reading a lot of recipes and it has been blowing my mind how often it pops up and how versatile it is maybe there was one more recipe which blew my mind uh this is the pudding recipe okay uh because I don't know how it is there but here you can buy them in like uh, 15 gram packages it's super small it's basically one portion and you have to mix it up with milk or plant milk or whatever. You have to cook it together and it's done. And it's uh, always double wrapped with uh, two plastic bags. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and I figured out that it's basically just one and a half spoon of cornstarch and food flavor. And that's it. There is nothing else inside. So if you want to make vanilla pudding, then you just need cornstarch or another starch like tapioca starch. And you cook it with plant milk, you put in the vanilla seeds, and you are much better off. Wow, that's amazing. And kind of like what you said about, yeah, they have whimsical names about it or whatnot, or things seem like they might be healthier or more sustainable kind of like greenwashing things but they add so many chemicals or so many ingredients when you know maybe something really just needs three ingredients and that's it exactly is there has there been anything that as you've been changing living more sustainably trying to live more zero waste anything that has been hard either to give up or like find that's more sustainably or have you found that there are certain things that you've can live without yeah of course (laughs) of course uh well obviously one thing is the specialty food so the gluten-free flour that's basically i cannot live without Mm -hmm. but i'm finding more and more alternatives in paper packaging so that's okay 
but it will be never 100% because for me that's very important. It has to be packaged that it's uh, all the allergy information is written on it and it's not contaminated because very often in the bulk stores where you can measure it or take it by for yourself, then um, either they use the same spoon or I don't know. So then it's it's not, not good for me. I'm very allergic, but which is not so special, but I still couldn't get around it. The shampoo. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm still trying. Now actually it seems like I found one or two shampoo which kind of works for me. But the first attempts were horrible. Oh, oh no. <laughs> but, but I want to talk about it because I think it's important to know that the Rome wasn't built in a day. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the very first one which I bought was an olive soap kind of, but it was specifically a shampoo bar. So, but it was a soap shampoo bar and I washed my hair with it and it was super greasy afterwards, but extremely dry at the ends, almost like, I think my, I even had to cut off or go to the hairdresser to cut some from my hair because it dried it out so badly. Then from the same company, I tried the three in one uh, soap bar, which was supposed to be toothpaste, um, soap and shampoo. And this soap and toothpaste was okay. So surprisingly, I would never think that you can use soap. No, I've never heard of that. Wow. But this shampoo, it was horrible. So we we just used it as soap. And then I tried, there is this cosmetic store, which is... (laughs) worldwide famous and they sell shampoo bars and they have a lot of uh, unpackaged cosmetics and i tried their shampoo bar uh and afterwards i got eczema it was too strong for me although i was trying different ones and (laughs) i got the ones which were extra for very very dry hair and scalp but it was horrible for me i know other people were using it and they were satisfied with and happy with it so I think it's really um, different for every person. I also tried to ask my hairdressers and they said, yeah, it can be different, like how you react and how other people react. So now I'm experimenting with clay shampoo, which is, it's also a uh, shampoo bar, but it's soap free and SLS free. Hmm. So hopefully this this looks like this is a winner for me so far. <laughs> good but let's see now i washed my head (laughs) yeah let's see so i think sometimes find uh, alternatives can be difficult and yeah i won't lie i gave up in the middle i was like okay i will keep this for later and in the meantime i was just buying a normal shampoo sometimes i bought it second hand which might sound weird but i liked it because (laughs) Uh, you can get so many things secondhand, which uh, people got as a present. They usually get these cosmetics bags, and they, then they don't like half of it, and then or any of it, and then they would just sell it again. And I think it's nice if you find something close to you, then you can pick it up, and everybody is happy. <laughs> so I also tried to buy my shampoo secondhand, but yeah. So now hopefully I found this new shampoo bar, but. Sometimes you need a little longer to find what is good for you, what fits to your skin, uh, to your body, 
it's very important to listen to your own body and i think it's important that you don't feel defeated you just keep it on your maybe let's say to-do list for later like okay i have to revisit this maybe i will in the future i will find a better shampoo i don't know what and then then just leave it at that and really don't feel a defeat don't feel like this is this was a failure but just something which maybe later you can or should do <laughs> yeah and i think that's really great that you said you know rome wasn't built in a day because it is <laughs> it takes time and i think i've learned just to be as patient as possible cuz i think specifically personal items or beauty items shampoo deodorant especially when you're using I know some people have bad reactions to like baking soda and deodorant, you know, and some people might mm. not, but yeah, tr mm -hmm. through trial and error, you'll get there eventually. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I heard also some people had bad reaction for wash soda in the laundry detergent. I had no problem with that. Actually, it's much better for me than the normal laundry detergent, but yeah, I think you have to try it for yourself, but it's same uh, if you buy anything else in the store in plastic, like sometimes it just doesn't work out and just don't, lo don't lose patience. It will come. <laughs> you will find it. <laughs> so switching gears a little bit, more talking about industries. What industry do you think will make the biggest change for good for the earth in the next maybe 10 to 20 years? Renewable energy, obviously, because I think there is already a lot of effort. Actually, if you look a little bit behind the scenes, all the big oil companies investing in solar panels, um, windmills, um, water power, obviously ele electric cars and electric everything with renewable energy, I think. And hopefully that will also help us a lot with um, because hopefully we will put much less carbon dioxide uh, in the atmosphere. I have really great hopes for that. Also, many countries are signing commitments or putting out commitments that uh, they want by 2030, they want to change all cars to electric cars or the new cars can be only electric cars and same goes for I don't know, we don't have, I think, any more coal plants here, but they are also closing up and they are building a lot of windmills around here and solar panels on other places. So I think this, I have big hopes that this will bring a lot of change for everyone <laughs> because of fresh air, <laughs> because of less uh, carbon dioxide and yeah, and hopefully the price will be also cheaper for for renewable energy. In Austria, as I said, it's a very uh, sustainable-minded country. So this this goes on for a long time now. So we we have a lot of renewable energy. Maybe one interesting thing is which I'm really amazed uh, by our city. We have waste incinerators. I don't know how big of a percentage of the city, but like half approximately is getting heated in the winter by the burned waste. And a few years ago, they started to use it also for cooling in the summer for AC. Next to the one of the biggest waste incinerators, there is the 
main hospital of Vienna and it uh, fully goes on um, electricity from the waste incinerated. So this is also very great because first of all, the waste doesn't go to landfill. They obviously filter the smoke, so <laughs> it's in the middle of the city, but they say it's not poisonous. I believe them. They say the air which comes out is like 98% clean. There are some wildlife living on the towers and around oh, wow. the trees and everything. And a lot of people live around. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, and then this is also great because it's also used for producing energy, not just getting wasted. Now I don't know, I don't have too many other guesses what what other uh, industry could bring a lot of change maybe. I hope that we will use less plastics or we will use it more intentionally so there will be less single-use plastic because I think this is a really really big mistake to pack everything in single-use plastic. This is this is a waste. <laughs> and I hope that, that this will change. Obviously, this is what I also try to work on on my own way and many other people. And I think now there is an awareness and I hope that this will really, really also change. Otherwise, I don't know. I really hope that fast fashion will also change, but I don't have so much hope at the moment, but let's see. <laughs> Maybe we can get through some regulations and as, I mean, we as people <laughs> and our government and maybe maybe something will change. I really hope so, because that's also very pollutionous. It's really scary. And I just, on so December 8th, I released a podcast about fast fashion actually and researching it yeah it's really scary and like the highly chemical processes and the dyeing process you know and the water runoff from those factories has so much pollution and yeah it's scary and I yeah I also hope that maybe that industry specifically can focus more on the materials that they use you know I think the consumer um, mindset needs to change that might be hard as well. That's a challenge, but yeah, more renewable, sustainable materials going into those clothes as well would be my, hopefully, <laughs> what I would like to see in the next 10 to 20 years. Yeah, and there is so many aspect of, uh, aspects of it. As you mentioned, the dyes, obviously the overproduction, but it starts on the fields where they grow the cotton or whatever, or if they use plastic as a synthetic fibers, then obviously it's coming from mineral oils. Yeah, and the uh, and the workers they are usually they they work in uh, modern slavery. It's horrible. Yeah, and then afterwards the overproduction and overconsumption, and it's really bad. Yeah, I know that you wanted to talk about greenwashing, but this was it was really hitting me hard. I think two days ago, I was playing on a video game on my phone. <laughs> and I always get advertisements between levels. And I never watched them, but then I just heard uh, sustainable, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, what is this? Like, I'm interested. Yeah. And the one of the advertisements was from the biggest fast fashion company. 
Oh no. They were advertising themselves as sustainable. And the other one was from McDonald's. And yeah. I'm like, oh, that's so wrong in so many ways. <laughs> yeah, so that's obviously greenwashing because when when your priorities are not set right, like when you don't support those farmers, when you don't pay your workers right. I'm talking about the fast fashion company. I don't know so much about McDonald's, but mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> then, and you you are advertising your clothes to be over-consumed. And then when you have leftovers or dead stock, then you just cut them up and <laughs> just throw them out. Obviously, they don't donate those clothes. Then then it's it's not sustainable. So that's greenwashing. Just because you use in some products 80% organic cotton, that doesn't mean you are sustainable. That just because you have one garment which ha- which is from recycled plastic, I mean, that's amazing, but that doesn't mean that the company is sustainable. And I feel really bad that uh, they advert- advertise themselves as sustainable. So in my eyes, this is really greenwashing and it upsets me, <laughs> obviously. Especially then um, if you... Like I know it from experience. If you are a small company and you really take it to heart, people are coming so hard at you to check, yeah, where is your cotton from? Uh, what kind of sewing thread you use? Um, they ask everything, which is good. It's perfect. They should do that. But then I don't understand how these big companies get away with <laughs> all these things that they they literally greenwashing product that's really interesting yeah coming from um, someone that makes stuff like that that does get all of those questions and has to produce proof that it is sustainable or what you were using I think a lot of things need to change but I hope at least one thing that happens sooner rather than later is just regulations because you know if you have regulations or laws in place then they can't greenwash you know, I think that's where it is. It's the misrepresentation of information to consumers. Yeah, and it's really sad that then people believe it. They think that they maybe do a good thing to buy that one sustainable garment from that company, but you still support a, an evil company. So I think we need more conversation about that. We have to bring awareness, of course, and then... Yeah, and we have to educate people that they know how to pick where where to spend their money, <laughs> what to pay attention to. And when a big company is really changing, then it's awesome. And I'm fully supporting that. And it's really great. And we should support that. Just we should not allow that they lie to us. So last question I want to ask you is, what is the biggest takeaway or lesson you've learned from living sustainably and zero waste oh (laughs) it's a difficult question but yeah I think what I learned is that a how naive I was (laughs) before (laughs) I started to dig into this and b how much more to do so there is so many things which I should personally change and what uh, should change on the governmental level yeah, and we have a lot of work to do. <laughs> I think that's what 
what is the most important thing and we really shouldn't give up we really should pay attention it's time now it's urgent it's really really urgent we have to do it for our kids uh for other people kids for ourselves for yeah it's very important because later it's probably not going to be possible so we have a lot of work to do but we don't have to get discouraged <laughs> we should be brave and we should be happy we can change things and it's a positive thing it gives a lot of uh, satisfaction actually to change something even if it's a little thing and we should always focus on these positive uh, things and just go forward and just try to make the world a better place really <laughs> to to use this cliche but really it's it's nice yeah it's a fight worth fighting for exactly (laughs) well i'm so happy you were able to make it on the podcast and i've had such an amazing time talking to you thank you so much for having me it was really great thank you of course thank you so much thank you bye it was such a pleasure to chat with agnes and as she said towards the end of this episode that there is still so much to do, but we shouldn't get discouraged, and we just need to be brave and happy. All of Agnes's information will be linked in the show notes, and I want to thank Agnes for being my guest this week, and thank you so much for listening.